Hey guys, welcome back to Financial Flex with Lex. I'm your host, Alex, and let's change the way we talk about money. Happy Thursday, you guys. Now, I have a very valid explanation as to why the podcast is two days late. Um, quite frankly, I am drained. I am physically feeling sick, mentally at my very last brain cell. And it has been a struggle for me these past couple of weeks, but especially this week um, when it came time to record the episode, I had planned out everything on Saturday and was like, okay, I'm going to record this on either Sunday or Monday and get it edited and all that stuff. Monday came and I came home from work, literally exhausted, couldn't even function or think. And John literally was like, just go to bed like you can record tomorrow night and upload you know tomorrow night so I did that Tuesday night came and same thing I came home from work and I just sat on my couch for like 20 minutes and I was just like I cannot record this I literally do not have the energy and today I'm feeling the same way I'm feeling awful but I was like you know what Alex you need to get an episode out this week you cannot wait any longer clearly you're not going to be feeling any better tomorrow or whatever day so just sit down and record you already have everything that you need and I am tired and I am feeling very like wow I don't know if I want to keep working for the next 40 years I just I have a lot of, I guess, issues or dissatisfactions with corporate America and just how we as Americans work. And I'm really realizing that that is truly not how I want to operate my life. Um, But I'll save my opinions for another day. Like I said, I really don't have much to update you guys on. So with that being said, let's get into today's episode. Before we dive into today's episode, I do just want to say if you haven't left a five-star rating and review or a review period, please do so. Um, This helps with like ranking on the Apple Podcast app. And honestly, it's just a nice thing to do, you know? Do it for me. And also, if you want to share this episode with a friend of a friend, your like favorite waitress at your favorite restaurant, whoever go ahead and do so. Why not? I also want to list out my sources for this episode. Um, 60 Minutes Australia, msnbc.com, and medicaldevicenetwork.com. So I found out about today's story literally about like a year and a half, two years ago. I think I came across an article on Twitter and what caught my eye was the phrase female Steve Jobs. I was like, wait, what? Like, I don't think I've ever heard of a woman compared to Steve Jobs or his likeness before. So that had me really intrigued. And so when I was reading this story, I was like, oh my goodness, this is literally so crazy. And then read the article, forgot about it. And then a year and a half later, It's back in the news cycle again, and I was like, why not do an episode on Elizabeth Holmes? I feel like a lot of people my age may not know about her, especially like if you don't really like keep up with what's going on in the news, like you just wouldn't even know. So when I saw that her trial was starting um, this month, I was like, you know what? Let me do an episode on her because I find it to be really interesting. So this is the episode about Elizabeth Holmes, 
who is the creator of Theranos and who is now being charged with 12 counts of fraud, wire fraud, and basically deception to the public. So the year is 2003 and Elizabeth Holmes is in her second semester at Stanford University. This is also when she decides to drop out of college and pursue her entrepreneurial dreams of owning her own company. Theranos was pretty much set to wipe out the way traditional blood testing was done. So if you've ever gotten your blood drawn, you know that you have to get, you know, the whole ordeal, needle, several vials of blood drawn, and then also waiting a week for those results to be returned. Theranos was going to be like the complete opposite of that. So instead of having to use a needle and vials to get your blood drawn, you would simply just prick your finger and then this miniature testing device would give you results basically instantly. Elizabeth also hoped to make blood testing and preventative care more accessible, at least nationwide. And according to an interview that 60 Minutes did with an old professor of hers at Stanford University, Elizabeth thought that she knew it all, but really she just knew the power of PR and the power of marketing. She didn't really bother proving, you know, her miniature testing device. So in between 2004 and 2010, that's when early funding began. So in 2004, she started to raise money for her company. Early into its conception, the company was actually able to raise almost $7 million. And by 2007, the company had raised another $43.2 million and had an evaluation of $197 million. Now, keep in mind, there's really no proof that her device works. It's pretty much just an idea still at this point. And by 2010, the company had reached a $1 billion evaluation mark, which is insane. So pretty much all these, you know, super rich, super wealthy investors wanted to get in on the action. They wanted to be a part of the next Facebook. So these kind of like tech unicorns are far and few in between. So they wanted to get it while it's hot and, you know, hopefully make tenfold on their investment. And with the rush to, you know, invest in this company, it made Elizabeth the first self-made billionaire. So before Kylie, there was Elizabeth. One weird thing to note with Theranos was that the board for her company consisted of retired army generals and former U.S. senators, which I mean, I guess if you were you know, building a company that was based on like government affairs or military affairs, that would make sense. But being that this was a medical device, having those people on that board didn't really make sense. But once again, everyone was just so caught up with the hype around Elizabeth and that kind of thing just went unnoticed. So Rupert Murdoch, if you don't know him, I honestly didn't know him. I had to Google who he was, but he is a billionaire businessman. He owns Fox News, The Times of London, and The Wall Street Journal. He bought $125 million worth of shares in Elizabeth's company. Like, could you imagine pouring that much money into a company that basically hasn't proved anything, but just based off of word of mouth and good faith, he dumps all this money into her company. 
So in 2013, Theranos partners with Walgreens, bringing the devices to its stores and testing on patients. So now we have a device in Walgreens. There's literally a Walgreen like every within like every five miles. And so the the devices are now in the public and testing has begun. However, these devices did not work. They produced inaccurate results and scientists who were working with the machines were told, you know, to basically produce fake results, which is mind-blowing to me and very, very dangerous. So in the documentary that I was watching on 60 Minutes Australia, there was a man who was very health conscious. He ate well, you know, exercised regularly, tried to keep his stress levels down, and his doctor had ordered him to take a blood test. And so he had gone to a, a local Walgreens and they had used the Theranos testing device. Well, his results came back and said that he was pre-diabetic, which is alarming, especially if this guy is very, very into his health and just making sure that, you know, he's in good shape. So luckily his doctor had, you know, the wherewithal to request another test from another lab and there his results were different. It showed that he wasn't pre-diabetic. However, this is still very dangerous. Now imagine if that doctor didn't request that second lab result. He probably would have started to get on you know, medication that he had no business taking. Who knows what the effects would have been with that medication. So that's like a really big issue. And that's just with one person. So imagine the thousands, if not millions of people being tested on using this device. So a journalist by the name of John Cario blew the cover on Theranos. He criticized the company and Elizabeth. He did this whole article basically exposing the company, revealing that the devices weren't as revolutionary as Elizabeth claimed for them to be, that they produced inaccurate results on the on a consistent basis, like, you know, thyroid, hepatitis C, cancer tests, like a man who was told that he had prostate cancer when he didn't. A woman was told that she had a miscarriage. Like, these aren't just like, oops, he made a mistake. Like, these are life-altering things. You know what I mean? So these devices were just, they should have never, ever been in Walgreens or been made available for patients to use. And not only were the devices faulty, the company itself was losing so much money. So in 2011, it said that the company lost $27.5 million. Meanwhile, Elizabeth is like living the high life. She's, you know, flying on private jets, taking lavish shopping sprees and, you know, rubbing elbows with one percenter, like the top of the top richest people who all want a piece of this company. So in 2016, an investor ends up suing the company and accuses Theranos of security fraud. And then in 2017, it was said that they had settled the dispute for like an undisclosed amount. In 2018, the company was charged with fraud by the SEC and she was stripped of control from her company and she can't run any company for the next 10 years. 
So on September 8th, her trial actually began and she is charged with 12 felony counts of wire fraud, defrauding patients and investors. But here's like the biggest plot twist. So Elizabeth gave birth to a baby last month and she's recently married. And the defense is claiming that she was in an abusive relationship with the company's CEO, Sonny Bolwani. And that's pretty much the reason why Theranos was the way it was and she didn't really know what was going on. Like it was all Sonny's doing. So they're basically trying to like blame Sonny as a scapegoat. But also the fact that being that she's a new mother, she's recently married, it's kind of, you know, a sympathy play um, for the jury. And if she's convicted, she's facing 20 years in prison. And this was a woman who at one point was compared to Steve Jobs, Coco Chanel. She was revolutionary, the new darling, like woman entrepreneur. Like she wore black turtlenecks. She sold herself and everyone really bought it for a while. Like She's, you know, a fairly decent looking woman, blonde. She has like this really interesting, unique, like deep voice for a woman, which, you know, is very interesting. And also her old professor was like her voice was never like that in college. So who knows? That may be a full on act as well. But, you know, the show stops here. And I personally, I do hope that she gets convicted for something because, people's health and you know people's livelihood like that is no joke and that's not something to mess with and the fact that her company was telling scientists to produce fake results a lot of the blood work that was done was actually done on legit already on the market equipment so they were you know using those blood testing devices but then claiming that her devices were the ones producing those results, which was inaccurate. So it's just like a whole, just like an an ethical standpoint, it's just, it's not good. And so we will see what happens with Elizabeth Holmes. 